Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is an author and podcaster, a wealth manager with over 30 years experience, and the chair of a board of trustees for a charity that helps severely handicapped people connect with the outside world. Welcome to the show, Doug Bennett. Well, hello there, John. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're very, very welcome. Thanks for coming on today. Um, That was obviously a very brief introduction about who you are, so if you would like to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself what you do and how you help okay well um the whistle stop uh been a financial advisor for 30 years rather messed up my finances in 28 uh 2008 2009 2010 found myself on the edge of financial oblivion very very close to bankruptcy hmm. i had a little goals book that i'd written out in 2004 and I discovered the book again in, I think, 2009, 2010. And I found out that the 10 or 11 goals that I'd written down in 2004, I'd completed 10 out of 11 of them. So I, I, I started rewriting my goals. And in 2019, uh, from being sort of six figures in debt with a massive mortgage in 2010, uh, 2019, I managed to sell my business for seven figures, which is a nice little turnaround. But I put it all down to goals and goal setting and writing your goals down on a consistent basis. So armed with a bit of cash and a bit of free time, having sold my business, I decided that I would share the goals journey with people. So I wrote uh, Goals Do Come True, which was my first book, and created a podcast which has been running We've got 75 episodes of that now, so that's that's pretty cool. And that first book was really for my peers, for people within financial services industry. And then I thought, do you know what? This goal-setting malarkey, I think it needs to be out there in the wider world. So we rewrote, restructured the book, and we've got a new version, which is Think Simple, Win Big, uh, which you can see behind me. Um, you can't if you're listening to the podcast but you know if this is on the video you will be able to see that and think simple win big is again life lessons that I picked up over the 30 years to help you set up a business or run your business so that you get a good work-life balance and I do touch on there my relationship with Bonnie my wife Uh, we've been together for 26 years 27 i think um been married for 20 that was my second attempt so i think i i'm pretty sure i'm fairly confident that i got it right second time around (laughs) that's good to hear that's good to hear and congratulations on being together for such a long time it has had its trials and tribulations there's no doubt everybody listening in a long-term relationship will uh, appreciate I think every relationship has its ups and downs about how you manage those ups and downs. That's important, isn't it? Yes. Tell us a little bit more about the charity. Um, I didn't know that a bit about you. So, uh, Well, 
I did the trek up Kilimanjaro and part of my training for that was a half marathon. So I did the half marathon for this small local charity that a friend of mine was the fundraiser for. Mm -hmm. And then the next year we did the Kilimanjaro trip and I did that for the same charity. And it turns out I'd created a reasonable amount of money as an individual. Mm -hmm. Normally they get, you know, corporate donations and the like. So they asked me if I fancied being a trustee which on, on the face of it seems like a, you know a small ask until you turn up and then uh, three trustee meetings in the current chair said right well, I'm retiring now and they put me forward for the chair of trustee position but, but it's like well okay I'll do that but Sometimes I just wish I'd carried on trekking up Kilimanjaro (laughs) 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 as the easier option. But um, yeah, so, so the charity, we uh, basically go into care homes. So you can imagine over the pandemic, that's been a bit tricky. Uh, We have a team, normally it's a couple of intensive interaction practitioners and they go in and they sit with our clients um and you will have been in a restaurant quite possibly and you know all of a sudden you'll hear a loud squeal in the background and you look over and there's somebody in a in a wheelchair and 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 they've actually you know got really excited about where they are and that's their them expressing their their joy at being where they where they are and you know some people feel uncomfortable with that um, but I've seen what our guys do. They they bas- basically sit and chat to these people that are in their own world and they communicate with them in the way that they communicate to you know bring out stuff from them. And it's it's quite a moving experience. So I sort of really endorsed my position as chair of the board of trustee. And so I've been doing that for oh, I don't know, three or four years now. Fort- fortunately, I'm a let's get things done kind of guy. And when I first started, the trustee meetings went from like six o'clock till half nine, 10 o'clock. Um, once I took over, we cut them down to an hour and a half. So we oh, get well. things, we get things done now. So it's like, well, that sounds like a good idea to me. Who's up for that and put your hand up and let's get going. Right. So, so it's good, good in that respect. We need Break to get things done. Yeah. 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 And so on on goal setting, let's come back to your uh, the your the um your book. Um, can you tell people maybe the importance of goal setting and why setting goals was able to firstly help you with with your outcomes and and how that how they can put maybe some goals into place and the reasons why the goal setting is so important. Well, um, I think you know with mental well well being having goals will help people. Very often we meander through life. Um, And if you're meandering and you've not got anything to go for, it's very easy to think about all the things that aren't really going well in life and dwell on those, which is a, you know, a downward spiral. So I think having goals and it's relatively simple and straightforward and that's the crazy thing, but there is such a small percentage of people out there in the world that, that actually do create, goals now you know they they talk about big hairy audacious goals as uh, jim collins 
coined that phrase. And these are things that really seriously scare you. Now, I've had one or two of those, and, and people should have maybe just one or two of those. Yeah. Or maybe just one. But alongside it and behind the scenes have lots of little simple things that you know you can accomplish and i think you know certainly if you're starting out on this on goal setting and you've never considered it before which i mean seriously you should simple things like i turn up on time having that as a goal now that has a a multiple effect if you're turning up on time to see somebody you're creating trust with them. You're t- creating trust with the person that you're turning up to. You're doing what you've said you, you were going to do, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and that's an intrinsic thing. So just turning up on, t- on time is a small thing, small goal, but it has a massive effect on your relationships with people. And obviously, turning up on time is being 10 minutes early. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and that that's a very very important thing in 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 my book. But not only that, it gives you turning up early, gives you time to reflect, gives you time to re- relax, and gives you time to you know get yourself keyed up for the meeting that you're going to have. So that you know that was a simple goal. One one of my big goals, and it's been there all the way through, is I am happily married to Bonnie. Now. Some people go, why would you have that as a stated goal? And this is the relationship guy that I'm talking to. Yeah. Right. Um, But if you're going through tough times and one of your daily goals is I am happily married, you do bite your tongue a little bit sometimes, or you think, take a little step back and think how you might phrase something that's going through your mind to make it more acceptable, more tenable, more, more accepted f- from, you know, from, from the other party. Right, okay. So that, that, that's in, uh, so it's one of, one of my big goals. And yeah, we've been, ha- been through some horrible times. We were renting our room out back in 2008, 2009 to make ends meet. We were renting rooms out in our house to pilots and we, all, all manner of stuff that we did. We rented our drive out to people going on holiday. So they parked their cars and we're like looking at them going off to Gatwick Airport. And there's no way we were affording a holiday anytime soon because my mortgage payments were massive. But it's that those sorts of things when you're up against it, if you're, one of your goals is to be happily married, then you'll make that effort, I think. And temper the way that you deal with things, and that's it. Kind of intention that you're happily married, and again reaffirming that to yourself all of the time. And it's and it's doing it in the present tense as if it is already happening. That's um, that's a critical thing. Is you know I am a good timekeeper. I do not sweat over small problems. I mean yeah. I'm probably one of the most relaxed people in the planet. I don't get concerned about stuff um you know events happen and there's this phrase e plus r equals o events happen your reaction 
if it's a positive reaction, will create a positive outcome. If it's a negative reaction, you're more than likely going to have a negative outcome. So the events happen all of the time. The only thing you can really control is your reaction to the event. Mm-hmm. And that will determine a positive or negative outcome. So yeah. I'm always looking for what's the positive on this event that's happened. Right. What have I learned out of it? What have I got out of it? How Absolutely. can I use this type of thing? Yeah, I like to forward. think of uh, the bit when I talk to my clients, I say, okay, this is we want to learn how to respond rather than react. Yes, yes, yes. That's a good way of doing Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good way of putting it. Yeah. But that's interesting, isn't it? You say about being in the present tense. I have read some reports about how with some people that might not work because if your brain's convinced that you've already got something, it stops looking for it. Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, but, it, you know, it's your s- subconscious that we're talking about. Mm. And it cannot, it struggles to make a difference between, you know, what's real and what's mm. the imaginary. Whereas your conscious is like, it's what, what's the data, what's the information, but it's like telling your subconscious. And this is what, where, where we're sending the instructions is with the goal setting. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're telling your subconscious and then all of a sudden information that's always been available now has a relevance because your brain is protecting you from stimuli. You know, there's there's lots of bits of data flying around the traffic in the background, the you know, central heating gurgling, the, you know, children cl- crying a couple of rooms away. Now, all of a sudden, that will have a valuable piece of stimuli to a young mum, mm-hmm. and she will pick that up. But against the traffic going by and all the other bits and pieces, they're all cut out. And that's what your brain does to protect you from going insane. Um, So if you're subconsciously telling it what your goals are, when a piece of data comes along, which says, well, or your subconscious goes, "Uh, hold on a second, that will help me achieve that goal. You'll pay a little bit more attention to it, whereas normally it would wash over you. So it's important. You're priming your subconscious to, I think the phrase I've heard is selective filtering. Absolutely. Um, so you're you're priming your subconscious to selectively filter the, the information that's going to put you forward and give you a positive outcome and a positive response rather than the stuff otherwise that's going to create problems for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as, yeah, I mean, because the data's there, right? The events happen. Mm. Your reaction is the only thing that you can control. But if you tell your subconscious what it is that you're looking for in life, it's like I used to get these calls all the time um, about joining different organizations. And I had the goal. My, my goal way back when in 2004 was to earn a hundred thousand pounds. Okay. Right. And it was it gradually, I kept it as a hundred thousand for a few years because it was a hundred thousand turnover then it was a hundred thousand profit and then it was a hundred thousand income for me right you know so i used it as a a couple of things and yeah. I, so gradually rewriting that and the point is that you wrote, write the goals on a consistent basis day after day after day after day now i've got a little round um ring binder it's a little right. tiny tiny book this is the original book um can't get the ring binders anymore unfortunately but you write the goals down turn the page over write them get down again without referring back to the day before 
and keep writing and keep writing. But I gradually increased the goal. So it was when I hit the 100, then I increased it to 200, Mm -hmm. then I increased it to 250. The crazy thing is my wife presented my books to me and my turnover one year was 250,228. And it's like, that's a little bit scary because it's like, you know, what is that margin on a 250K target that I hit it? So I increased it. I increased it to half a million quid. And then that's where the firm rang me and they made a statement. And that statement was like, that's a trigger. I'm after half a million pounds. That will do that. Okay. So... I'm living, breathing evidence mm. that how how scarily close it works, and the fact that you know I managed to hit the hundred thousand, managed to hit the two fifty, and then, and it wasn't that long afterwards. But this is the critical thing: one, write the goals. The law of attraction will help, but you do have to work. Okay. You have to work. All right? going to come and fall into your <laughs> You can't just send it out there and expect it to happen. Um, be specific about it and be realistic. Right. You know, if you've got 10 clients or, you know, you're earning 30K a year and you tell your subconscious that you want to earn a million, mm. it's going to go, uh, no, there's not sufficient evidence <laughs> available for me to be able to take that on as a realistic possibility in which case you'll thwart your efforts. So you've got to make it realistic. Yeah, I guess you set yourself a massive target. You're going to let yourself kind of leave leave yourself open to being let down and failing and everything else. And then like you're going to be so far off of your target, even if you're halfway through your year, that you're likely to go, well, this just isn't working and possibly give up. Absolutely, you will. Like you said, with your one, you just kept the same figure, but you shifted the focus of the figure, which makes it very manageable, doesn't it? You, well, I've already done 100,000. Well, that means I can do 100,000. I just want to do 100,000 this way instead. And, and you made that very realistic and your brain didn't sort of balk at the idea that that was possible. Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, before then I was doing 50K, so ish, you know. So it was a realistic... I mean, doubling your income as a possibility is is not an unrealistic expectation if you run your own business you know if you're working for another organization then doubling your income might be a tall ask but you know if you're on 35 grand and you want 45 grand just go on linkedin find out what it is that 45 year 45 grand people are earning what, what are their qualifications? Because it's not unreasonable then for you to be able to go, well, the person earning 45K has got an XYZ qualification. Well, I can do that, open university or, or whatever. You don't have to go to physical university to get you know, a degree or the next element of your studies. So these things are all possible. And then when you're in the 45, it's not an unreasonable stretch having demonstrated that you can increase your income by 50% to then go, well, well what's another fi- next 15 or the next 30 or whatever? And it's like, what is it I need to do? 
Yeah, and there's plenty of, like you said, plenty of ways that you could figure out to do that, even if it was to go, well, who's doing the same job as me that is earning 45 grand? Or maybe I need to go and work for that company instead. <laughs> there's that as well. But, you know, until you know, until you check, until you've told your subconscious mm. what it is, that it, you know, that you're looking for, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's spooky how these bits of data throw themselves at you. I had an experience just yesterday. We've got a client, and it's it's finance related, but um, the client has a power of attorney in place, and the office of public guardian has said that if you're doing discretionary investments, you're not allowed to do it for a power of attorney, and so that. I'd put a whole case together and it got thwarted by this simple fact that we the product that we had was a defined uh, uh, discretionary managed fund. Um, and so we couldn't do it. But, you know, I was just scrolling through a forum and this girl said, oh, this is good news, X, Y, Z. And some barrister type person has challenged the Office of Public Guardian and said, it's not fair for you to have this ruling. And they've gone, yeah, no, that's fair enough. We'll change our rules. All right, okay. So now we'll be able, you know, within the space of a month or so, we'll probably be able to do the business because that piece of, you know. And it's like how important – that was important to me because I've got a case that is being thwarted by that yeah. piece of data. Yeah. So if you've got a goal, this information turns up. You're walking yeah. down a you – know, if you're walking down a, a, the aisle in a supermarket – Right, and somebody earlier on in the day has spoken to you about their hobby of um, you know taking pictures and cameras, and they've shown you their camera. And or, now, all of a sudden, you will notice that there's seven or eight camera magazines on the aisle. It's like, well, they've always been there, but it's not been important to you. And that's just a very, very simple example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's how I kind of work as with my clients as well, is setting a, an intention for what the relationship is that they want to bring into their lives. And if we go around looking for things that we don't want in our relationships all the time, we have a tendency to keep finding all the things that we don't want because they are our focus and they are within our awareness. And so we keep finding all the things that we don't want and ending up with those difficult relationships we're trying to avoid. But like you said, if you're focused on a positive outcome, a positive intention when it comes to your finances, your relationships, whatever it might be, you're bringing that awareness into your into your mind, and then your mind will go, okay, well, if that's what you're looking for, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you to see what's in front of you and take advantage of that. Absolutely, and it works every time, and it's just crazy and ridiculously easy. That is the problem, mm-hmm. and that's the sad thing. It's like you know, just writing. 10 goals out on a day-by-day basis for you know two three weeks and in your book do you cover the idea of what might people might stop people because i know in the relationship front there's a lot of things around sort of beliefs what they deserve self-worth um everything that kind of might hold somebody back in being able to create that so when we kind of try and do the positive more positive thinking setting the outcomes, intentions and goals that we're trying to look at to create the life that we want. If your subconscious doesn't feel like you're deserving or holds limiting beliefs, um, how, how would you suggest people might want to overcome that? 
Now, it's it, it seriously does feel like you've set it up for me to nod it in. Right? Okay. <laughs> but uh, I just talk about my experiences. Okay. I have a mindset coach. Now, right. I've written two books. Mm-hmm. I've had a podcast that's going. I've sold my business, but still I struggle. Right? Mm-hmm. Why would I need a mindset coach? Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is that, you need to find an expert to help you, right? You can't Google this stuff, Mm. right? Because it's, it is personal to you. I mean, I, you know, my, my coach was talking to me about why I always feel like I'm going to be blamed for something. So I I don't share any information with people because I don't want to be blamed if it goes wrong. And it tur- turns out it was an accident that me and my brother caused to my little sister when she was about five. Where, and and you know we were looking after her and looked after her badly, and she cut her lip. Yeah. I mean her teeth went straight through her lip, and there's okay. blood everywhere, <laughs> and you know it's stitches type yeah. thing. But as we were now old enough to understand all of that, and then, mm. but my coach said, "Well, look, you know, you were, you've." You were holding yourself responsible for an event that you mm. weren't possibly created capable of dealing with. Mm. So, you know, that was there. And it's like, well, once you understand these things, mm. it, it makes so much more sense yeah. to you. And, and so in that respect, I'm, I, I just know what I've done and that, you know, there's a few simple things that you can adopt that will make a huge difference to your life, which, you know, my new book, Think Simple, Win Big, covers. But, but if, you're, if you're serious about sorting things out, you do need to get an expert in. And that's the thing. I mean, I think that's important for your listeners to know. And what do you do, John? What's your coaching? <laughs> Hence nodding it in. <laughs> yeah, if, if the people are listening to the show with a relationship guy, I think they've got a rough idea. <laughs> well, I do. It's interesting because I had a client um, not, not recently, a couple of years ago, and they were swimming. He was five and his sister was seven, I think. And they went out swimming in the ocean on holiday and a freak wave came over and they both got washed away. Um and he grabbed hold of uh, like a a break in the in the ocean in the side of the uh, on the side of the beach, so he didn't get washed away. He's and he kind of completely lost his sister. Um, thankfully, she survived and she was okay. But again, that subconscious memory of not being able to save her made him feel like a failure his whole life. Yes. And it wasn't until we uncovered this one event when he was five years of old age where he com- completely blamed himself for not being able to save his sister when, again, she was older than him. She could swim. He couldn't <laughs> swim. But, you know, he was trying to save his own life but saw his sister disappear out into the sea um, that he realised the whole of his life, and he was in his mid-30s when we spoke, for those 30 years or so, he completely blamed himself for that event. And had sabotaged everything in his life up until that point because he thought he was he he was gonna like you said he was gonna let you well, you were blaming yourself he was blaming himself and he just thought he was gonna let everybody down mm. 
if he actually did anything. So yeah. he always blended into the background and never pushed himself to do anything because he was always worried about this failure that he'd labelled himself as from the age of five. And that's it. It's, you know, it's crazy what our brains hold on to mm. and what needs to be picked apart and tidied up. And and you definitely need an expert against that. I'm, I'm, I'm a business, if you like, I... I I struggle to use the term coach because I haven't spent a small fortune on certificates and all the other bits and pieces and courses, but I'm, I'm, I'm going with life, life experiences. So, you know, hmm. I'm going to go with uh, business. Can I say business coach? Maybe, maybe. I haven't got the exams though. Well, I guess you could definitely mentor, couldn't you, in the space yes. that you're in because yeah. you have lived you've lived the experience you've actually yeah. made the changes and put the things out there and to, to make your life the way that it is and you've got valuable information that you know works like you, you know it won't work for everybody I was, uh, I was talking to someone on the podcast uh last week for a show that's coming out and we were talking about actually finding the right person for you to work with Yes. Um, if what you believe is going to work will generally be the thing that is going to work for you. So if you believe that someone with your concepts around success is the right thing for you and you believe that's going to work for you, you've got much more chance of it being a success because you're buying into the story and the journey that you're on. Um, whereas if someone was to come and work with me for something, and again, I don't resonate with them on that level, they might not necessarily buy into the ability to create the success that they want. Um, so yes, I mean, if they, people can think and listen to what you're saying today and it resonates with them, why can't you coach them? Why can't you mm -hmm. mentor them to create mm -hmm. the space that they're looking for? Yeah. It's something I, I, I enjoy doing. I mean, you know, it's, I've just come off a call with a guy and, you know, there was fantastic feedback and we we're very early days. So, mm -hmm. you know, so I do enjoy it. Maybe I need to bung some exams under my belt. But we wouldn't do your personal development much harm either though, would I? I mean, that's why i find all, every single time i do a course every time i do a different training i will pick something up which is yeah. if it's if i don't incorporate it into the into the work that i do i'll definitely can incorporate it into my own life yeah um depending on what level your clients are on to compare to where you are and what they actually really need but there's always something to be learned I'm always, uh, always open to the idea that I don't know everything, even though some people might disagree <laughs> with, with what, what the way I act sometimes. Yeah. Well, my wife doesn't believe I know everything that there is to know in the world. <laughs> That's for sure. It's only, it's only us that believe. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're phenomenal. Mm. Really. How can you not see that? Mm. Um, no, that, no that, that, that is good. That yeah. is good. And the significance then of relationships to you, what kind of impact have relationships had? What are, do relationships have on your life? Well, I, and I do talk about it in my book. I, you know, people say relationships are 50-50, and I disagree with that. Relationships are 100-100. You've got to put in 100%. And it's easy to go, well, you know, I'm doing my share. Mm -hmm. But if you if your share is your share of a hundred percent, then you know it's not enough. Your your share needs to be your share of two hundred percent. Right. And I think that's that's a a, a little thing that I've adopted. Now, if I put a hundred percent into my relationship as often as I possibly can, 
Sometimes I will get 50% back. Sometimes I will get 75% back. But I know if I'm only putting in 50%, the chances are that I'm only going to be getting 20, 25, 30% back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to give as much as you can Mm -hmm. without, and this is mine and you, you know, my philosophy. So, you know, you might correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, you know, I just think, well, I'll do everything I possibly can to make this right with an expectation that I will get something back, but not, you know, everything back because I appreciate I'm not perfect, sort of. Yeah, I think that that works if in the right relationship. If you're expecting something from somebody they're never going to give you and you keep giving 100%, and you never get much in return, then you're just leading yourself down the relationship garden path of, of stress and upset and unfulfillment and everything and else. But exhaustion. Yeah, for sure. You're just giving and giving and giving and nothing's coming mm. back, then, yeah, definitely not a good idea. But like you said, if it, with the right type of relationship, if you're both on the same wavelength and you're both put in, like you said, you're not always going to be able to give 100% because you're – attention focus might need to go elsewhere you might not be very well or whatever but on the whole if that's your intention is to give as much as you possibly can to to the relationship and that's reciprocated then yeah i think that's a massively healthy space for a a functioning relationship and that's any relationship any relationship yeah yeah any relationship yeah yeah again it's the same with coaching right so i'm the coach but my client I need to turn up at 100% for my client. Otherwise, the client's not going to get the best of me. The client also needs to turn up pretty much close to 100% as much as they can as well, because otherwise they're not going to get the most for them. Yes. Um, So like you said, it's every relationship. We need to kind of give as much as we can in order for that to be the most successful that it can be. Mm. Only that would be stressy and unhealthy, perhaps unhealthy, draining a bit at times when you're giving a lot but again the outcomes of that hopefully will be reaping the rewards of putting on putting that in as it tony robbins says like with its contribution is key to to anything that we do in life and if we're not contributing then um then we're going to struggle yeah well what's the point Mm. yeah exactly yeah, but there are some people that will sit there and just expect everything to come to them. Yes, and um, unfortunately, they believe in the law of attraction and forget the work element that's mm. associated with it. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've got to work at it. Everything yeah. you've got to work at. And and on your kind of philosophy and your ideas moving forward, where do relationships are coming? Where did you think you got your sense of drive from? Your sense of self? I. Thing. If, I, if we go back, my mum and dad, my dad was, uh, it, it was in the armed forces for 24 years and then he was a police officer. Right. And there, my mum knew that if she wanted anything, if she wanted my dad to do anything or she needed anything, she was to ask him when he was in uniform. Okay. Right? Because he was a different person in uniform, which was crazy. And a little bit sad because obviously the kids, and I've got two brothers and a sister, Mm -hmm. we all got him out of uniform. Mm -hmm. So 
on that side of things, it, it's you know I've I've decided, having reflected on that, I've decided that you get me. There's not two me's. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I'm 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 just me. I found out that being me is so much easier. Because if if you try to be somebody else or try to be what other people expect you to be, it's an act. You've then got to think about when you're in that scenario and out of that scenario. And so it's like, you know, you just got to be yourself. Sometimes people say to me, it has been known that I need to be less Doug in some situations <laughs> if i'm if i'm meeting new important people i need to be less dug apparently um because i do get excited do you subscribe to that i've stopped subscribing to it okay you know mm-hmm. um so i'm now just going to be more dug basically yeah um my mum, she had a, a an immense amount of strength understanding and you know she she sort of looked after all of us while my dad was in the armed forces and he was stationed in well way back when it was Sharjah but I don't even know what it's called now but he you know had a few tours of Northern Ireland during the troubles and we lived in Northern Ireland during the troubles back in 77 to 79 um I've been to 10 or 11 different schools as we were moving around. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, there's, there's a potpourri of stuff that is created me, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to be more Doug really. Right. Do you think that was why you weren't more Doug up until this point? Because I guess moving around all the time, it's quite hard to find, who you were to set down roots, find your feet and stuff like that. I guess you're trying to make new friendships everywhere you go. And that, how that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, I mean, there would have been a lot of that going on. Um, I mean, the regiment moved around a lot in mm. the same places. So, you know, there were a few basic friends that, you know, you stuck with, but I have only got a few sort of really seriously close friends because mm-hmm. you do tend to lose them along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, having my coach has sort of tidied up a few things, I think, along the way. They, the, you know, not wanting to tell anybody anything because I didn't want to get into trouble. I'm, a, you know, I'm a lot clearer on that now got rid of my imposter syndrome which we all suffer from from time to time i have a great deal more belief in myself um but that was a visualization exercise actually which uh essentially because i'm you people have these doubts about themselves Mm -hmm. i don't know if you you know self-limiting beliefs Yeah. yeah yeah always so so my coach sort of just said, well, look, you know, let's just have a think about what you could do if your imposter syndrome was taken out of your body, just put to one side, mm-hmm. just start imagining what you would be capable of. And so, so I took the visualization a little bit further and it was only last year because it was around about um, Halloween. 
actually, and I've been watching a program about vampires. And so I just opened the window or opened the blinds and let the sunlight in and believe that the imposter was a vampire. And yeah. now it had been turned to dust okay. to be swept away by the cleaner later on in the day. And it's mm -hmm. like, so now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm unstoppable, really. And that broke your ties to that. That time. broke my ties to that that side of things. Amazing. So. Amazing. Sounds like a really powerful uh, exercise. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> I thought you already were even before that. Well, and that's the thing, you know, and that, that that's the crazy thing. People see stuff, mm. but they just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And, that's, and right. that's why we all need to be considerably kinder than we can sometimes be because you don't know what people's stories are. Mm. Oh, that's, that's another thing, actually. Um, people give me uh, their opinion on something. Mm -hmm. Anybody gives you their opinion on something, they're right. They're right. In your head, they may be wrong, but they're right because their opinion is created upon their personal set of circumstances. Yeah. And you're not and never have and never will have followed the path that they you know, plotted to get to that position to have that set of beliefs or that opinion on something. And the only way that you can change that is to help them understand it from a different perspective so that they've got a new experience to move forward with, which would then change their opinion. So there's no real point getting into an argument with anybody, an argument, because actually they're right. That's their belief, and that's what they're going to stick to, and you're never going to change that until, you're never you can, going to like you said, unless you can have a proper collaborative conversation rather than an argument about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, another thing that it's like, oh, yeah, I've got to see it from your perspective, so explain your perspective. Let mm. me understand from that side of things. So Yeah, when I do my uh, couples counselling, it's been in the past, I do a little bit of couples coaching now. Still, one of the things I do say is, when someone tells you something, don't immediately tell them what you think. Tell them that you understand what they're saying. I'll adopt that one. <laughs> <laughs> because for two reasons. First of all, they feel understood and heard. But secondly, you're actually trying to understand yourself. If you are saying, I'm understanding what you're saying, you've, you've had to think about what it is they're saying and try and step in their shoes a little bit. And say, okay, well, I can get what where you're coming from rather than immediately saying you're wrong or this is what I think about it. And that's what you were just saying about that kind of that's their opinion. And if you can validate their opinion, you are actually listening to what they've got to say. You, like you said, you won't necessarily agree with it or think it's the right thing, but at least you're saying you're, you're open-minded enough to try and understand what they're mm. trying to, where they're coming from. Yeah, I think I have a high EQ, people are telling me. Okay. So for people who don't know what EQ is, that's emotional intelligence. Yes, or yeah. emotional quotient. Yeah. Intelligence quotient, isn't it? Mm. IQ. So yeah. that's being very aware of your own emotions, being aware of other people's emotions and being able to kind of manage your emotions at a perspective that equates to the situation that you're in. Yeah, so I get called in as the trustee, chair of the board of trustees when there's any kind of 
issues mm-hmm. because I'm high EQ apparently. Mm-hmm. So you can come in and Which, make sure it all gets resolved in a in a in a in a, in a way that it needs to be resolved. Mm. And the, the madness is, I think that's easy to do, but, you know, I find it easy to do. That's mm. a great, you know, and it is, and you think, well, just be kind. How hard can it be to be kind to people and understanding? Oh, yeah, yeah if only, if only. <laughs> Everybody's got their own uh, way of doing things. Haven't they? Like you said, it's about understanding where they're coming from. And there are people that immediately can't do that. Sorry, won't use the word can't because they can. Won't do that because of their own things that they're carrying with them and it immediately they go into a defensive space mm. um, when they're triggered. Um, and like you said, being emotionally intelligent enables you not to be triggered and be a little bit more present and in the moment rather than in the stuff that's uh, making you react in a certain way. Yeah, I, th- I would say, you know, triggered so easily. Mm. <laughs> one still gets triggered <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's i mean, I mean so I've, easily. I've been doing this for 18 years or so now and it's uh there are still buttons to be pressed <laughs> <laughs> i just have to make sure i remember they're my buttons and i own them and i decide if they get pressed or not <laughs> absolutely mm. that's amazing thank you very much um so i think we're going to sort of come to an end to our conversation unfortunately because i'm it's one again most of the time when I speak to people, it's just something you could just, we could just talk for hours mm. if we, uh, if we let ourselves. Um, what I didn't ask you at the beginning, so we'll get this bit cut out of the, of the recording, um, is if you've got a freebie or something that people can uh, get from you to have an ebook or a, a free consultation or anything that people can get in touch with you and get a copy of, get them on your mailing list, such, such and forth. Uh, yeah, we've got um, uh, from financial struggle to financial success free ebook. Well, I'll ask you about that yeah. in a second, then, and you can tell people how to get hold of that. Okay. Uh, and then I'll ask you um, if you've got any, how people can get in touch with you, and if you've got any parting words of wisdom or something they can take away and implement today that you recommend they do. Cool. Okay, so don't forget to cut that out, team. Um, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, we're coming to an end, unfortunately. Um, I believe you've got a freebie that people can get their hands on. Absolutely. If they go to my uh, website, I have From Financial Struggle to Financial Success. It's a, a PDF. It's, you know, some steps to turn your life around ones that I've learned and, uh, you know, they're relatively simple and straightforward and that's free download from my website, which is dougbennett.co.uk, which is D-O-U-G-B-E-N-N-E-T-T.co.uk. The link for that will be in the show notes. Is there any other way people can get in touch with you if they wanted to reach out and find out a little bit more about what you do? Absolutely. My website's got my blogs on there uh, we do a weekly blog so there's information about how to set goals and the science behind it that sort of stuff and uh, link to all my podcasts and links to my books as well but also you can contact me either you know looking for financial coaching on that side of things or if you want me to speak at a conference or to your sales team on goal setting happy to uh, do that so via the website. 
And they can get a copy of the Think Simple Win Big on there. That's available now. Absolutely. Yes. Right. And the hard hardback um, option has just been released. So great. It's available in all formats. I keep going there. Yep. Great stuff. And just before you leave, I like my guests, if they can, to leave one parting word of wisdom or advice or something they would recommend people kind of can do today to help themselves out. Get a 59p notebook, write down 10 goals on the first page. Tomorrow, turn the page over. Don't go back. Don't refer to the ones that you wrote today. Write 10 goals again. Do the same the following day, the following day, the following day. Don't refer back to the ones that you've done already. The thing is, there will be a day where a goal comes in and it was important that day, but it's not important every day. By the end of two or three weeks, all the really important, straightforward goals, they're like cream, they'll rise to the top. You'll be writing those in day in, day out. And that's how you'll make a difference to your life. Thanks, Doug, for being a guest on the show today. It's been a great conversation. Um, there are lots of things that the, uh, the listeners can take away. And please do reach out and get in touch with Doug if you want some further information about what he does and how he helps people out. Uh, thanks again. Cheers, John. Thanks for having me on board. I'll speak to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.